Welcome to the official podcast of the Canberra Raiders. So close for the Raiders. And Papali would be an appropriate man to score. Brought to you by OAC Digital. Come join us as we go behind the limelight. Hello and welcome to Behind the Limelight. Round 18 sees the Raiders at home against the Sharks at Seabus Super Stadium on the Gold Coast. It's been quite an affected week due to COVID and the situation, particularly in Greater Sydney and the impacts that that's had on the game. We're going to discuss that in depth shortly. We'll also take a look at the Raiders' big win on Thursday night, uh, just past against the Sea Eagles, and we'll also preview that game against the Sharks. Um, joining me on the podcast today, Tom Logan and Rosie Harrison. Hello. Hey, Ben. How's it going? Yeah, fantastic. Thank you. As I mentioned, uh, quite... Uh, an interesting few days in the world of rugby league and uh, it always brings up its uh, little hurdles and little challenges, Tom, and um, we'll get to those shortly, but uh, it's been you know, quite uh, a disrupted preparation for this weekend. Yeah, I'm still scratching my head at just everything that's happened in the past, I guess, week, but uh, I've got to say, though, from what I've seen from afar this week, the players have been have been dealing with it really well and their mind hasn't shifted away from the distraction and they're really focused on this week's game. Yeah, let's have a look at what is happening in and around the club. As I mentioned, plenty going on. Let's go around the horn. All right, let's touch on the big news item through the week. And of course, the NRL was thrown into turmoil uh, with the COVID situation in Greater Sydney, seeing 12 teams, including the Raiders, relocated to the Greater Sydney region uh, due to the COVID, uh, relocated from, I should say, the Greater Sydney region up to Queensland um, due to the COVID situation and uh, Tom, the Raiders, uh, we were staying, then we were going, then we were staying again and now it's been uh, confirmed and finalised, we're off to the Gold Coast. Yeah, there was obviously a lot of confusion to start with but I've got to say though the club, uh, Don, the football manager Matt Ford as well, they've reacted to it all very well and um, yeah, we're off to the Gold Coast and obviously Peter Volandis and Andrew Abdo have done a great job in, I guess, arranging everything and, and I guess getting all the logistics in hand so quickly and yeah, we're off to the Gold Coast and uh, the players are all, all on board. They know what they have to do to keep the competition alive and, you know, it's a pretty pretty big sacrifice and yeah, full credit. Rosie, 12 teams are in total going north of the border that would not usually be there. Ironically, Melbourne will be the one team uh, that gets to stay south of Queensland, um, considering that they spent most of their season up there last year. That's quite an interesting one. It is, yeah. And like in a way, it's good for them because they sacrificed a lot last year, obviously moving up to Sunshine Coast. So they get the opportunity to stay um, in Melbourne. But yeah, it's like Tom said, it's a, a big sacrifice for the players and their families. But yeah, it's gonna. It's um, great that the NRL stepped up and um, could keep the competition going. Looking at the logistics of how it's all going to work, there's been three hubs set up uh, up there in Queensland. You've got the Sunshine Coast Hub, the Gold Coast Hub and the Brisbane Hub. Now, we've been included as part of the Gold Coast Hub uh, with five teams, including the New Zealand Warriors, who have relocated permanently to Queensland for the rest of the season. So there's talk that they'll shift out of our hub into their own... Um, hub um, over the next couple of weeks because initially this has been set down for four weeks but you know realistically with the situation in Sydney it could get extended past that initial four-week period so um, teams are allowed to take a a mix of 30 uh, players 11 staff so about 41 people in total uh, and they've gone initially time of 29 players uh, from the top squad uh, that will be heading up north of the border. Yeah, there's obviously quite a few players right now that have obviously packed their bags and are getting set to go up. Um, there will be a few players that will be stay, staying behind in Canberra and training. Uh, 
a lot of those players are mostly uh, members of our New South Wales Cup squad and players currently in rehabilitation at the moment. Um, so obviously it's it's all it's all quite surreal at the moment, I'm sure, for the players, but they've definitely responded well and um, yeah, no doubt Ricky will have them pretty switched on when they head up there and you know it'll be business as usual. Yeah, I suppose you can look at it a number of ways, Rosie, but um, a minimum of four weeks um, for some teams, a maximum of eight weeks if they don't make the finals. Uh, and then if you uh, go through and make it to the grand final, and it's, the, the competition's still up there. It's about 12 weeks. So um, it's not nowhere near the big of the commitment than what the Warriors and, and, as you said, the Storm had to make last year. But uh, the NRL's been really active too in making sure that players can take families, uh, immediate families, you know, partners, wives, children up there as well, which is a great thing. Yeah, I think that's the most important thing and to keep the players happy and comfortable up there is the Warriors weren't even allowed to bring their families over. So they've sort of, you know, stepped up there and um, I think it's very important that, yeah, they're given the opportunity to go up. Um, Tom, you're heading up with the families. You'll be going up there uh, Saturday uh, because you, you weren't in the uh, – well, you, you were in the Apollo list for a period at the end of last year, but we decided to take you out of that for this season. Um, but – because you haven't been a member of the Apollo group, you couldn't travel with the team on Wednesday. So you're heading up with the families on Saturday. You'll have to do two weeks at a different hotel uh, and then you'll link up with the team in camp. So it's going to be quite an interesting couple of weeks. Um, and Obviously, those families um, will be separated, but then everybody will get to come together in a fortnight's time. Yeah, that'll be a nice moment when everyone's finally reunited up there. I'm, I'm looking forward to it, to be honest. I think it's going to be... It's obviously a good experience and the main thing for me is I'm, I'm just once we can get out of that sort of initial two-week period, I'm looking forward to doing my job and, you know, I guess making sure it's business as usual and I guess keeping, keeping I guess, you listeners out there updated with some of the stuff to uh, bring you from behind the scenes. Yep, so we won't be paying you for the next two weeks then because you'll be doing nothing, is that right? Yeah, pretty much. You might, you <laughs> might find me at the uh, Burley Pavilion or you know, somewhere on the beach, I don't know. No, we won't find you there because <laughs> you'll be in quarantine. <laughs> oh yeah, after quarantine, <laughs> sorry. You'll be in your hotel room and uh, in and amongst the hotel, that's about it for you for two weeks. But look, it's a, it's a great thing, as I mentioned, for the, the families to be able to go up there and uh, and be with the with the players and it sort of makes it a little bit more bearable um, for the next few weeks. So we'll see how it all pans out. Um, obviously, it's a big logistical uh, operation and preparations for games this weekend have been disrupted with venue changes and training to training schedules and things like that for all of those teams uh, involved. So we wish everyone all the best up there for that. State of Origin tonight, uh, New South Wales up against Queensland, game three uh, of the series, the final game. The series has already gone, Rosie, 2-0 to New South Wales. Uh, Jack White, an opportunity to start the game in his preferred position at 5-8 for the Blues. A great reward for a couple of seasons of good form for him. Yeah, I'm really excited to see him play tonight. Um, I hope he plays really well. Um, and yeah, like he'll he'll do a great job, I'm sure, and um, fit slot straight into the team. Like he's been involved in the team for the last two games, but coming off the bench, so it'll be a different role for him. But um, yeah, really excited. And Josh Papali'i, uh, Tommy for the Queensland Maroons. Um, obviously, they've been pretty embarrassed by uh, the last two performances. I think it's a combined total of 76 to 6 for the opening two games. So no doubt he's going to be um, you know, working with his teammates to, to try and get a, a win and, and save the whitewash. Yeah, and Papa's role in the Maroon side is now more important than ever, obviously with the loss of Jai Arrow and David Fafita. But uh, Papa, knowing Papa and, and I guess no doubt the rest of his Maroons teammates, they won't want to make this a whitewash, they'll be doing everything in their power to make sure that they just make sure they avoid that 3-0. Yeah, well, uh, New South Wales, um, 
were able to do it uh, a few years back. I remember the famous try where Aaron Wood's celebration, he jumped over the top. I mean, they were facing down the barrel of a 3-0 whitewash in that series and were able to avoid it. So winning 3-0 is a really hard thing to do in origin and I'm sure it's going to be more of a competitive contest tonight. Obviously, New South Wales um, have a different look halves combination with Moses and Whiten, so that's going to be a challenge for them. Um, so it's, I think it'll be a closer game. Do you predictions, Rosie, for that one? Yeah, I think it'll be a closer game. I still think the Blues will get the win, um, and it'd be amazing to do it in, all in Queensland. Um, but, yeah, I think it'll be tight, but I'm thinking Blues by eight. I'll go, I'll go Maroons by four. I know that's pretty controversial, controversial, but I think the Maroons get a lot when uh, we'll be having Caelan Ponga back. So I think, and oh, I don't know, I'm, I'm just tipping them to not, uh, I'm just tipping uh, a whitewash to be avoided. So I, I think the Maroons by four. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's always hard to see when a team, can they, get, can they get up for a game when they know that they've already got the series in the bag, but they've got the added incentive of being able to lift that shield um, after a win New South Wales. So I, I think they'll still be fairly dominant. So I'm going to say, New South Wales by about 15, 16 points. I think they'll, um, I think they'll be able to do the job there. Uh, back on the Raiders, let's have a look at the injury update uh, for this week. And Elliot Whitehead um, has been rested uh, for another week. He's got that shoulder injury. Um, they've just decided to err on the side of caution, obviously with Hudson Young going so well. Last week, Tom, it gives them an opportunity for Elliot to have another week and just get himself back to 100%. Yeah, I really like this decision. I think it's really smart. Uh, obviously, we know how much Elliot hates missing games, but I think this one is definitely playing it on the safe side. And obviously, uh, Hudson Young and Corey Hadawi-Donato's performance last week, you, we don't lose anything in that regard. So uh, it gives those guys another chance to you know, really play because we know that when Elliot's probably declared fit, he'll slop straight back into that side. Yeah, Dinamis Louie out also for one to two weeks. Rosie with a calf uh, injury. That means that uh, obviously Josh Papali's been named to return from origin and Ryan James will stay in that 17. So once again, um, that depth of the forwards really showing through. Yeah, exactly right. The luxury of, um, you know, Dinamis Louie missing out, but Ryan James and um, Papali'i coming in. So, yeah, we don't lose that much, but, um, yeah, still a strong four-pack. That's right. And a couple of guys that are injured uh, at the moment, Bailey Simonson and also uh, Corey Horsburgh, will travel with the team to Queensland and be part of that. So they'll finish their rehab up there and hopefully get themselves um, back into some availability over the course of the next couple of weeks. I think Corey Horsburgh, um, we, he was down to return possibly next week, but... Uh, I'm sure they'll probably want to get some K's in his legs first and depending on how the team goes this weekend, you wouldn't think that he jumped straight back mm. in without at least a week or two of full training. So we'll see how he goes up there. Uh, Bailey Simonson's still um, probably three or four weeks away uh, with that toe injury. So we'll see how he travels as well. All right, Raiders 30, Sea Eagles 16 uh, up there. At Four Pines Park, Brookvale Oval, uh, and we went up there, Tom, with a pretty simple game plan, uh, and we executed it uh, well, and were able to come away with the victory. Yeah, I, I loved this game. Uh, it was just it had vibes of the baby Raiders game back in at back in the last season. Uh, again, we went in there, we were completely written off from the start by a lot of, I guess, experts on the outside, and um, you know, I thought the whole even I can't. Point pinpoint any one player in that team that didn't have a bad game. I thought everyone was outstanding. Uh, Matt Frawley and Sam Loons in the halves, ooh, that was really good. Uh, especially Frawley's short kicking game, I thought that was absolutely outstanding. It felt like he every time we got the ball on the fifth tackle, he would just force a repeat set, and it was great to see. Um, fantastic team performance, and uh, I feel like this is where you know we're really going to charge in towards the back end of the season. Yeah, as I mentioned, it was a pretty simple game plan. It was. Uh 
you know, charge it down through the middle and, and kick into areas where uh, the Sea Eagles couldn't really get themselves out of uh, any sort of trouble. So I think it was eight repeat sets to none um, mm. over the course of the night, Rosie. And when you strangle an opponent uh, for possession uh, in the modern game, it really puts the uh, tips of scales in your favour. Yeah, 100%. And like Tommy just said, Matt Frawley did, and Sam Williams both did a great job with that. Um, and then, you know, t- building the pressure, but then being able to come away with the points at the end um, is so important, and they were able to do that. Yeah, Sam Williams, uh, a double on the night. Well, a fantastic effort from him, the show and go uh, for both of those tries. And uh, it was a, the second one, Martin Tapao actually, try assist there, helping him to the ground to get it over the line when they had pretty much had him held up. So uh, really good performance from him. But I echo what you said, Tom, about Matt Frawley. I thought... Um, he was fantastic, um, considering that he'd only played... The last time he played first grade was in that round 20 um, match last year. So fantastic to see both of those guys step up and do a great job. Yeah, I, th- I thought that was really good to see. Probably the best uh, shining light of the win. And I'll, I'll just point out that I'm pretty sure on last week's episode of the podcast, we did say that Matt Frawley had a show and go in his game and that it would be on the Seagulls tip sheet. But little did they know that Sam Williams also has one in his game. So <laughs> they probably probably missed that one. But yeah, nevertheless, great performance. I was really happy with a lot of uh, the the young outside backs. I thought Sebastian Chris and Semi Valame, they just continue to mature and get better and... Uh, at get better in every game, and it's it's really promising to see. Yeah, Xavier Savage, um, you know, was uh, a pretty good performance in his first up game. Rosie, he kept it pretty simple, um, ran the ball when he needed to, chimed in and uh, and had some carries out of his own end, and and just basically was nice and safe under the high ball, and, that, and that's all you want from a young fullback. Yeah, exactly. He did a great job. wasn't shy of um, some heavy contact and getting his body on, putting his body on the line. But yeah, he did a great job and didn't make many errors. And yeah, he did good. Yeah, I thought um, without uh, Jack White and, and Josh Papali'i there, um, a few guys really stepped up on the night and none more so off the bench than Joe Tarpany. I thought he was outstanding for us uh, in that game and I think he ran for over 200 metres. And yeah, 224, yeah, I think and just Yeah, and um, just his presence when he was on the field, um, you know, he was back to where he, where he needs to be and, and the football that we all know he can play. Yeah, I, I'm a massive fan of Taps as a player and, and a person, obviously. Uh, I think he's absolutely outstanding when he's playing at his best. It's... He's un he's unplayable when he's at his best. He every time he gets the ball, he's he just looks like he's so hard to tackle. He ju- he just has that awe and presence about him uh, of just of those elite players. And I just it's it's really nice to see like Taps really enjoying himself out there. And he he was outstanding and one of our probably better better players on the night. Just in that uh, game, Rosie towards the back end, uh, the Raiders, um, although they finished uh, fourteen point winners, there was a point there where. The lead was narrowed a little bit, and I'm sure that um, a lot of uh, people watching at home, uh, myself included, were a little bit worried uh, at the time, but they showed some really good resilience defensively. Um, I think it was after Moses Suley scored, um, things got a little bit hairy, but they were able to go back down the other end and and close it out with another try. Yeah, yeah, a few nerves um, towards the back end of that game, for sure. But, um, yeah, and the Seagulls are a very dangerous side. So, But, yeah, to the Raiders' credit, they came out, continued to play the way they played the rest of the game and um, closed out the win. Yeah, we'll uh, leave that game there. We'll put it to bed. Uh, Usually we would catch up with a a player or a staff member heading into uh, the weekend, but um, with all of this relocation happening today, it's going to be a little bit hard to get hold of anyone because they're um, feverishly packing their bags for the flight this afternoon. So we're going to move into the next uh, round uh, in in just a moment. You're listening to Behind the Limelight, thanks to OAC Digital. Okay, round 18 against the Sharks up there at Seabus Super Stadium on the Gold Coast. Funny, because we played the Gold Coast at 
Cronulla's home ground earlier in the year. So a reverse of what we were supposed to do um, this season because we played the Sharks. They got relocated. The, the Gold Coast got relocated to Cogra Jubilee where we played them down there. Yeah. And now we go up to the Gold Coast to play the Sharks. So Illuminati confirmed. A weird old season uh, continues in the NRL. But uh, we head up there north of the border to take on Cronulla who um, – you know, are above us on the ladder, uh, and it's going to be a really, really important game in terms of the context of the season. Yeah, massive. Obviously, a lot's changed since our, I think it was round two, two game against them earlier this year. Uh, actually, in that game, I thought Hudson Young and Sebastian Chris both probably had their best games in green uh, this season, and hopefully they can continue that this weekend. Uh, obviously, the Sharks are... You know, in a similar sort of position to us, they're, they're missing a couple of key players though, but uh, they've named Aaron Woods, who despite what uh, a lot was a lot has been talked about throughout the week, because obviously I think he's expecting his um, partner to give birth soon, but they've named him and he's set to play and I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a really close game this one. I, I think it could go either way and hopefully it goes our way. Rosie, the thing about the Sharks and the Raiders game is that there's always plenty of feeling in it and it goes way back to... Um, probably that semi-final back in 2012, I think it was, where yep. uh, Josh Papali and Paul Gallard went at each other in that game. A young Josh uh, there, he was only a, he was only just onto the scene and Gallard said that he gave him no respect and it, it went back and forward all game and we were able to get the win in that one. So um, obviously um, this is going to be another huge uh, match in the context of these two teams who traditionally um, have a pretty fiery encounter when they come up against each other. Yeah, definitely. And you love that um, make, forwards making it a bit personal um, with each other. So we want to see that again this weekend. But yeah, you're right. It's um, it's going to be a big game. The Sharks are a very dangerous side. Um, so yeah, the Raiders hope you're on their game. Yeah, the Sharks have a lot of experience in their side, uh, particularly Sean Johnson, um, who's been um, pretty strong for them over the past few weeks. Tom, he's going to be have to one that we're going to have to keep an eye on. Yeah, they're, he's obviously been leading him around the park quite a lot in recent weeks. Uh, I'm glad that Wade Graham's not playing because I, I really rate him as a footballer. So uh, I think they probably will look to Sean Johnson to really sort of steer around their side. Uh, not only in half, but in halfback, but also just in general. Uh, you know, he'll be their leader, and if we can sort of, I guess, alienate him on the, on the day, it'll go a long way to ensuring us winning. Uh, let's have a look at the key matchups, Rosie. You've gone for a battle of the wingers, uh, the almost Queenslanders, uh, Jordan Rapana up against uh, Ronaldo <laughs> Mulatalo. <laughs> Too uh, soon. Nah. Tell us, tell us about that matchup and why you think that one's an important one for us. Yeah, obviously, um, Mulatalo's been playing some great footy and like his form showed he nearly got nearly played state of origin um but yeah he's such a dangerous player and Jordan Rapan is going to have his hands full um keeping him um covered but both of them are such key players um defensively as well so yeah they're keen to see that match up we've mentioned it over the past few weeks and I think Jordan Rapan is really key to this young back line um just having that experience at the back there um obviously is going to help the likes of um Xavier Savage and Semi Valame even Sebastian Chris so um, you know, with Jordan and Jared Croker on, on either side of the field, it just gives us that experience that mm. I think we need at the moment. So, uh, Rapper's doing a great job there for us. Tom, you've gone for the middle uh, part of the field and a couple of big guys um, that you think can make an impact. Yeah, I, I love my big boppers, and these are two guys that I really, really rate highly, um, especially from our end, Ryan Sutton and obviously Toby Rudolph. I think uh, both both have been probably, arguably, some of probably. Probably, I'm not too sure about Toby Rudolph and the Sharks, but I know he's been quite good for them. But Sato, for me, has been one of our better players. And I think this is going to be an absolutely huge battle. Obviously, Sato's been named to start a lock. Whether or not he stays there throughout the entirety of the game remains to be seen because we saw, obviously, Hojo 
uh, come into the lock position and I think Sutto probably got shifted into the middle. So um, nevertheless, though, I think this one's a pretty exciting matchup for me and I, I'm really looking forward to seeing how this one pans out. Yeah, I've gone for Josh Hodgson and Braley um, in the key matchup this weekend and obviously Hodjo starting at hooker um, gives us that control around the ruck but I really like the role that he's been playing the last mm. couple of weeks and we saw Tom Starling come onto the field um, relatively early last week and, and play out the match and they both stayed on the field and I thought when they were both out there together it just gave us an extra dimension with our attack um, and with Hodjo and Jack White in there now, um, you know, that just gives us something even extra, I think. So uh, Josh Hodgson, for me, is going to be really key, Rosie, around that middle part of the field. He also takes a bit of pressure off Jack um, and Sam in the halves um, and provides that other option in attack. So he's got a bit of a kicking game as well, so another kicking option. So, yeah, very keen to see that matchup. Yeah, it's going to be a great game up there at Seabus Super Stadium on the Gold Coast. Uh, let's hope that the Raiders can get a win. All right, uh, podcast prediction time. Uh, let's have a look at how uh, the selections went last week. Uh, Johnny was on the podcast last week and he took Hudson Young for a try. He didn't get over. Uh, Matt Frawley took Young Xavier Savage for a try. He didn't get over. And I went for a Frawley try assist to Croker and there was one point during the game where I thought it was on, but uh, the ball <laughs> just went dead over the uh, in-goal line. So no points last week. Uh, what have you got for us this week, Tom? Yeah, uh, similar theme to last week. I, I'm going to go for a Tom Starling try. I just think with the Sharks, probably slower sort of forwards. Uh, and with, when Starlow came on, I thought our attack was a lot more fluid. So I reckon he's going to come around and cause a lot of chaos around the ruck. Rosie? Yeah, I'm going to go for a Sebastian Chris try and a try assist. Um, I think he played some great footy um, the last game against Manly. Um, he's such a dangerous player. So, yeah, I think he'll go over and he might set one up for another one of his teammates. Yeah, I'm going to go for Xavier Savage this week. I think that uh, the Sharks have got some forwards around the middle part of the field that can get a little bit tired at times. And we've seen, um, we've talked about how quick he is. And if he can be there um, backing up the likes of uh, a Josh Hodgson or a Joe Tarpany and, and just getting himself into that position in the middle part of the field, I think he can maybe burst through and score his first NRL try. So I'm going to go for Xavier Savage up there on the weekend against uh, the Sharks. Uh, That's all that we've got time for this week. Before we go, just wanted to give a shout-out to John Croyder, who is finishing his time at the club um, after this game. You fans who listen to the podcast would know he's on every week, um, you know, providing his insight into what's happening. Uh, But he's finishing up with the Raiders to pursue... Uh, a different bit of a career path for him. So on behalf of us all, we wish Johnny all the best um, in his new endeavours and uh, he'll always remain part of our club. So well done to Johnny for his time here in Canberra. That's all we've got time for. We'll catch you next week. Uh, Tommy will be in the bubble. Um, I'll be staying here in Canberra and we'll try and link up with some players um, as we head into next week's match. But thank you for listening uh, and thanks to OAC Digital. You've been listening to Behind the Limelight.